I met a, I met a lady the other day here at the post office, an African-American lady, frail, probably in her 80s. So as I walked into the post office, she was right in front of me, and she has got a Bible in her hand. So, you know, you don't go to a post office with a Bible. So I asked her now, what are you doing here with the Bible? She said, uh, she's sending this Bible to her grandson. It is his 21st birthday. What a nice gift. And I saw her so meticulously putting this Bible in a box, and I was just behind her. She placed this box on the counter. And the guy behind the counter asked her, Ma'am, is there anything breakable inside this box? And she said, there's one thing, sir, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah. Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments. You know, I am in a, such a precarious situation, um, challenging situation like the Bible today, the gospel is so challenging. The reason I'm challenging, I want to tell you something. I was told when a, a big jumbo jet like 747 takes off, they won't allow a smaller plane to take off afterwards because I'm sure there are a number of pilots here. Um, the air has disturbed, the thrust of this plane disturbs the air pressure in the runway or wherever when you take off. So they have to wait until it calms down, settle down to allow like two-seater, four-seater flights to take off. We had a, a double-decker jumbo jet here on Friday, Scott Han. I'm like a two-seater trying to fly him after he flew up, you know, he's still around here. So in case I collapse somewhere, come and rescue me. You know, so I'm going to tell you a story. I know you like stories. Joseph, people call him Joe, he's a mechanic, car mechanic, and Joe has an old Volkswagen, and he wanted to get rid of this car. And he calls this car a banger, old one. It's probably worth $800, $900 maximum but he wants to sell this for a much higher price. So he did some patchwork on this Volkswagen, some painted here and there, and this Volkswagen had at least three accidents, serious accidents, and of course the axle, the rear axle is not really uh, properly working. So it has got a number of problems, but he covered it up nicely, and the mileage clock, he turned it back, you know, turned back, you can't do it now, the modern cars, but all the cars, you could do it. So they did it and made it like a half. So and then he put an advertisement in the local newspaper. There's a wonderful immaculate condition, all Volkswagen for sale. So, and he waited for a right buyer. Right buyer, he meant was somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, but still wants to buy a car. He can't afford to buy a new car, so there comes an immigrant, came to him and he told this guy, his name was Mark. Mark, this is a wonderful car. Once in a lifetime chance you get to buy this car and cost you only $9,000.
And of course, Joe was such a smooth talker, and he sold this car for $9,000 to this immigrant mark. This junk car. And, uh, and even he gloated over it, his ability to, to sell this junk car to a sucker for $9,000. And that evening when he went to the pub, he was boasting to his friends how good he is selling this old junk to somebody. But sometime or other, the thoughts came to him that what happens in case this Mark driving with his family make an accident? You know this car is not good at all. But whenever these thoughts came, he would chase away the thoughts. Go away, I don't want to think about it. And few days later, Joe took a bank loan and with this $9,000, he went to buy a brand new BMW. I think I told you what is the full form of BMW. When a young man drives around in a BMW, is intentionally giving a signal, be my wife, BMW. But of course, he was a married man. He was not looking for a wife. So, and a few... Weeks later, Advent came, and the uh, local parish announced the Advent uh, penitential service, confessions. And he's being a good Catholic. He went over to church for the confession, and he knelt before the priest, and he said, Father, my last conf bless me, Father, my last confession was during Lenten season. And this is what I have done. I had distractions during the Mass. I did not make, say my prayers very well. I forgot some days. And I did not go to church in my own fault. I cursed sometime. I had a little fight with my wife, but nothing serious, Father. I had uh, also bad thoughts about other people. I had a bad conversation and I gossiped about other people. This is all Father. That's what I can remember. And the priest gave him the penance and absolution and there Joe goes happily home, very happy that he made a, a good confession. A few days later, he was again in this pub having a beer and one of his friends said, Joe, I saw you at the church. How do you know me I was at the church? Joe's friend said, I saw your BMW in front of the church. And uh, what were you doing there? He said, I went for confession. So friend said, oh, that is wonderful, Joe. Did you tell the priest all your sins, including how you cheated this mark, poor immigrant? And Joe said, yes, I told my priest my sins, but not my business. Now, if you ask Jim, Joe, was he happy with his confession he made? He would probably tell you he was. But you wonder, unless of course he is deaf and was never really heard the gospel. And this can happen, one has only to look into one's own heart. People listen to the gospel being read every Sunday, but never really hear it. As Christ said, 
of some of his followers. They have ears, but they do not hear. We only hear the gospel. We only understand it when we live the gospel. Now, if you look at Jim's list of sins, what do you see? What do you see? His, you notice that on the main, they were concerned with his dealings with God, his dealings with God, that he took Lord's name in vain, cursing and so on. But the neighbor, the neighbor hardly get or hardly appear in his radar. No way. We don't talk anything about the neighbor. So only he and his God, his problem with God. Now, the question that we should ask is, what about the, the honest carrying out of one's duty that we talk in the confession? Honest in business matters, justice, respect and cooperation among those who live under the same roof and so on. Sometimes these don't appear in our radar that we can tell the priest this also matters. Not only I didn't go to church for mass or I had used God's name in vain or little small, small sins. So sometimes we leave the big things out and of course we feel happy about our confessions. Jim would probably tell you that he's trying to love God and keep his commandment as good as the next man. But is he? For him, religion is almost completely divorced from life. Basically, it is a private matter between God and himself. Concern for his neighbor is hardly a burning issue for him. It is not an issue at all for him. Now, does he love God? Does he love God? If love of God is shown in loving one's neighbor, the answer would have to be a resounding no. He doesn't love God. The danger is real for all of us that we should separate the two great commandments. It is possible to talk to someone about the love of God and yet never love the person. It's like telling somebody, a hungry man, about bread and we don't give him. Or talking to your wife, I love you. Or talking to your girlfriend, talking to your children about love, and you don't really love them. In a sense, there is only one commandment, the commandment of love. It is like a coin, one entity with two sides. It is impossible to have one without the other. Serving God is doing good to man, but praying is thought an easier service and therefore more generally chosen. Benjamin Franklin says that. And there is a Canadian social worker called Catherine Doherty. She says, today, by the grace of God and his beloved mother, I can honestly say that I love everybody. I may not like everybody, but I love them. Amen. <laughs>